You need 48 tools to properly use your life. To use your potential, to get the most out of living, you need 48 tools. We study this list, one every day, and we discuss what does it mean and how do you do it and why do you need it. So we're up to number 10 of the 48 ways, and that is shimush chachomim. Shimush chachomim. Shimush means to serve, chachomim, the wise man. What does it mean to serve the wise man? So literally it means to serve him. So what does that mean to serve him? To honor. In Judaism we put a great emphasis on honor the wise man. Who do you consider important? Consider the wise man important. Wisdom is the most important thing in this world. If the President of the United States would visit you, would you uh, like get up and uh, get him some fruit and uh, be ready to, to help him? Yeah. Even if you're against him, but the President of the United States, you know, you honor him. When a wise man comes to visit you, do the same. That's the first aspect. But B of this is, and we're going to concentrate on B, is that the idea of honoring him is to get what you can from him, you see. And that is learn from a wise man. Get teachers. You want to live? Get teaching. Get in touch with those who understand what life is about and pump them. Now, it's the strangest thing in the world, you see, that... If I offered you, uh, let's say, Larry, I offered you a million dollars, all you got to do is put a bridge across the Hudson River. Where are you from, Larry? Ohio. Ohio. Do you know the Hudson River? It's a big river. All you got to do is put a bridge across the Hudson River, you get a million dollars. Now, we'll supply you with the tools and the equipment and the manpower. And a million dollars is your fee. But there's one condition. One condition. You are the only engineer on the job. Take the job? You give it a go. So how would you go about it? You get down there, you know what I mean? Yes, sir, Larry, what do we do? Say, well, take a couple of beams and stick them in. Let's see what happens. Hmm? No. No, no. <laughs> what do you do? You say, well, look, friends, um, <clears throat> let's see, uh, can we fill the whole place up with dirt? <laughs> yeah. You say, give me a year, I'll learn... I'll go to MIT, I'll work very hard, I'll come back, I'll put the bridge together, right? But without that, forget it. It took mankind a few thousand years to learn how to put a bridge across one of these rivers, yeah? You're not going to do it in 20 years of experimenting. Do you see that? Okay, so the idea is, how is it that it's so obvious to us that we don't build bridges without getting the information, but we think we can get married, raise children... Stay happy, make a meaningful life. We'll just figure it out. We'll play it by ear. And if we get a divorce, <laughs> we'll look at our wounds and we'll start all over again. Isn't that a good idea? We don't have to know anything about marriage. You like the girl, you get married. Yeah. What happens after that? Well, then you get used to living together. And Well, uh, I guess we'll find out. <laughs> no, no, no. You want to find out. Now, okay, so how do we go about it? How do we go about it? So number one, in order to really get yourself a teacher, you have to recognize that we have a prejudice against having teachers. We don't like to be told anything. We don't like to be taught. We like to teach. We like to be important. We don't like to acknowledge that we need someone else's information. Do you recognize this? This is, this is the human nature. You're going to teach me? <laughs> yeah. If somebody says, come on, I'll teach you, but there's a God. Come on, I'll give you the information. 
if uh, he leads me along the path of discovery, right? I don't even notice what he's doing. Mm, I don't mind. I'd love to learn wisdom. Yeah. If I don't have to acknowledge that I'm being taught. Is, is that the equation? Okay, but I would say that everybody wants to think that I, I'll learn it myself. Maybe there's an exception, but we all have this reaction. You say, come on, we'll teach you about living. I'll learn it by myself. I'll learn it by trial and error. I'll discover wisdom. I know. I'm smart. I can work it out. We have a prejudice against being taught. It's important to see it because it will stand in your way of being taught, right? So then number two is appreciate the need. Life is much more complicated than bridge building or than surgery. You'd never dream of trial and error and being a doctor or in being an engineer. And we try trial and error for living. To think that you're going to rediscover penicillin, rediscover the circulation of the bloodstream, rediscover capillaries, rediscover cell structure, rediscover uh, insulin, rediscover... No. You find out, you know, what, what is it about? What do we know now? Yeah, now, go out and rediscover some more, yeah? So, I, I would say that there is another aspect that people kid themselves. You say, I'm traveling through Europe, but I'm learning about life. It's like a fellow saying, I'm learning about engineering. I want to be an engineer. You say, yes, yeah, so where are you going to school? I'm going to the Juilliard Music School. You're going to Juilliard Music School? You want to be an engineer? You're going to Juilliard? Yeah, well, uh, uh, I'm learning about bridge building in the summer. Yeah, what do you do? I visit all the major bridges. And I look at them. Silly. Yeah. <laughs> you want to learn about bridge building? Go to the School of Engineering. Yeah. People who are having experiences, yeah, I, <laughs> I visit Europe and I learn about life. You're seeing people walking down the street. Yeah, you're not learning about life. Does that make sense? You're not learning about marriage. You're not learning about life. Learning about life, you need somebody to teach you. Okay, so number three is that realize how foolish this is by looking at somebody five years younger than you, or looking at yourself. If you can imagine yourself five years ago, do you have something that you would teach yourself? If you could meet yourself, you understand that you need imagination. If you met yourself five years ago, would you be able to teach yourself some things about life? What to avoid, what to do, how to use your time better. Some things you'd be able to teach yourself, right? Now, let me ask you, friend, would you have listened? Would it be a mistake not to listen? Yeah. Mistake. What's the difference? I always put Listen. Try to check it out. You can check it out, but listen. So B of this is, how about looking at somebody five years older than you? Ten years older than you. Twenty years older than you. Do you think that he's learned something about living? Why don't you find out? What do you got to teach him? What do you know? Doesn't that make sense? C of this is, why don't you start with your parents? They're always trying to teach you. Say, look, once and for all, let's see. What do you know about marriage? <laughs> what do you know about getting a job? About the mistakes? You know, Mark Twain used to say that when I went to college, I left my father. He was a darn fool. Well, the four years that I was away and I came back, I was amazed to learn how much he'd grown in wisdom. Why don't you find out now? Make a list of what you'd like to ask your parents, what you think that they can tell you, and get it.
you know you can gain something from it. And we consider it honoring your father and mother. And they love it. You want to give them some pleasure? Get some information from them. Oh boy. That will really make him happy. Number five is that, look, there used to be a slogan in the United States. I don't know if you ever heard it, but it's a good slogan to constantly keep in mind. And the slogan is, a fool learns from his own mistakes. A wise man learns from other people's mistakes. Did you ever hear that one? So ask people, did you ever make a mistake? A good training. Everybody makes mistakes. Avoid it for yourself. All right, number six is that the idea isn't to learn from people who make mistakes. The idea is to learn from people who are wise, who have information about living, who are good at it. Yeah? So you should really shop for a teacher. Now, how do you shop for a teacher? How do I find a teacher? Yeah. So how would you shop for uh, anything that you really want to know? In other words, let, let's say that you had a, this desire, this ambition, or this uh, decision that you have to learn how to fly. Yeah. So what would you do? Got to learn how to fly? You look up. It's classified, you know, flying schools. Yeah. Uh, see if there's any government uh, regulations or they have letters of recommendations. You ask them, give me a few pilots that haven't crashed lately. <laughs> you have a classified. Yeah. Okay, so what if you didn't have a classified? Then what would you do? You go down to the airport, right? And you meet a couple of pilots, yeah? And you ask them, where'd you learn how to fly? Is that right? Is that school? When you want something, that's what you go and do, yeah? Okay, so B of this is, what are you looking for? You're looking for wisdom. Where would you go look for it? Who would know? Who would be good at wisdom? Under what would you look it up in the classified telephone directory? You look it up? I would suggest you try Y-E-S-H-I-V-A yeshivas. The last school of wisdom. That's what you got, you know. If they, these are the flying schools. These are the flying schools, right? You got to try them out. We're the last school of wisdom. You say, well, I can try yoga, or I can try um, uh, Sufi, or I can try... Look, we're the last school of wisdom, not techniques. We'll give you a definition for good, for love, for happiness, and for meaning. Well, the, the whole kaboom. Do, do you understand? <laughs> David laughs. All right, but in lieu of this, then C is that if you come across somebody who has some wisdom, ask him, where'd you learn? If you come across somebody who says something that, that makes a lot of sense, he says, you know, the proper study of man is man himself. You say, where'd you get that? More often than not, you will find that he will quote the Jewish people. Then go back to where he got it. That's the way to look for a teacher. David, after you laugh. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Number uh, seven is that really you should keep a list. A list of things that you want to know that really bother you. Or a list of questions that you have about life. You want to know what makes a marriage successful. What are the problems of marriage? What else do you want to know? You want to know how to use your full potential? You know, human beings only use 2% of their potential, yeah? So that's 98% wasted. In Judaism, we say we only use one infinite part of our potential. <laughs> Large, vast resources that are untapped. 
Well, how do you use your potential? Potential really means that you can get to it. Yeah? Otherwise, it wouldn't be called potential. Are there any way? 48 ways. Each one is good for 2%. So master. It sounds laughable, but like in the world at large, when they make some, like yoga, there are two types of yoga that are parts of two of the 48 ways. There's the pain yoga, which is the guys who sit on a bed of nails. And there's the, the frustration yoga, the guys who don't move, don't breathe, or stand like this, yeah, for days on end or on their head, yeah. And then it's the frustration yoga. And those are two of the 48 ways, except pain and except frustration. Because anybody who can take it, who can sit on nails, has got a sense of freedom. He knows he can do whatever he wants. He's not afraid of hearing truth. But you know that if you can take physical pain, there's a freedom. Tough. You can take it. But it's just one aspect of accepting pain. At any rate, there's power to any one of the 48 ways. Use this one, it'll be power. But make a list of the things you want to know, the things, the questions you have about life. And you know that you have questions, it just take the time to dig it out. You want to be great, or you don't know whether you want to be great. It's a question, or it's something you want to know, how to be great. You know you don't want to be a mediocrity, yeah? How do you avoid mediocrity? You want to be tough? How, how do we get tough? Make a list of these things, and go shopping. Find out from people. Ask. Do you know anybody who can teach you? Did you ever learn? Did you ever hear this? Like a fellow wants to know about flying? Yes. You know anybody who flies? I have a list of these things. You'll find teachers. Sooner or later, you will find teachers. Number eight is that if you are fortunate enough to have been taught, if you meet someone who gives you some wisdom, then take recognition of it. You know, if if a fellow gives you a lesson in flying, then don't go around saying, who can teach me how to fly? (laughs) He taught you how to fly. So if you have, you find someone who gives you an answer about marriage or about love or about meaning or about existence or about the purpose of the universe that makes sense, take out your whole list. Remember, you got a teacher. And follow him. Keep in touch. Do you see the logical necessity of it? So you want to know about a car fixing an auto mechanic and somebody explains to you the carburetor and you want to know the rest of the machine, then ask him. That was an excellent explanation. How about the pistons? How about the plugs? How about this? How about that? Ask your questions. Learn it. Get a course. If you did number, number seven, if you had a list of what you wanted to know, then as soon as a fellow indicated that he had some kind of, of, of an appreciation of what you're interested in, you take out your list and you start reading, as long as he's been willing to give you the time. All right, number nine is that you should have a teacher for your whole life. The same teacher. Find someone, unless you find someone drastically better, you don't change. Unless you find a really much higher class teacher, you don't change. You always have a debt to your teacher, but you don't change. You stick with one teacher for your whole life. And you don't shop around. You listen to him. You ask his advice. And you fight out with him. You don't have to agree with him, but you fight out with him. Because when you start shopping, you'll find people who are less uh, challenging to your prejudices. Do Do you see? You'll choose the teacher who's more comfortable to you. So if you have a good teacher, you stick with him. This is the Jewish concept. Don't shop around for answers that you like. Yeah. 
Yeah, that doesn't mean that you change your teacher. If there's a subject he doesn't know, I mean, he doesn't know anatomy or he doesn't know marriage. Yeah, ask your teacher. It's like you got a doctor. If you have a good doctor, you don't shop around either. Yeah, if you trust the man, you trust the man, right? But if it's a specialty, if it's something that, so you ask the the doctor, do you know anybody in this field? Bone setting or in dentistry or in another field. Ask him. And if he doesn't know, then you shop around for somebody in that field. Okay, number 10 is that in, in our uh, uh, instructions for living, we say once you've accepted a teacher, then the instructions is if you disagree with him, then you're not allowed to dismiss him. What you do is you have to talk up. You have to either straighten him out or get yourself straightened out. That respect you owe a teacher. You see a friend, you try to straighten him out, you should straighten him out, but it's according to the importance of the subject. Yeah, A friend, really, if it's very important, you should stick it out with him. Either straighten him out, or have him straighten you out. Yeah, You can't say, well, let the poor devil go to hell. You know, it's not my business. A friend is loyalty. Yeah, Save me or join me. Straighten me out, or agree with me. But don't just say, no, you go your way, I'll go my way. Yeah, But a teacher... It doesn't matter, important or not. You can't dismiss. Friend, all right, it's not important. So you say that the, the Maggie was the greatest play in the world. Big deal. Okay, you're nuts, but I don't want to argue about it anymore. Go, ahead. Go with your full paradise about who the greatest player in the world ever was. Yeah. But in wisdom, if you have a teacher, you can't dismiss him. You can't say, forget it. I don't want to straighten you out. You have to go back, figure out, where is he making a mistake? How do I straighten him out? Or maybe he's right. Yeah. you got to leave the question open. That's the discipline of having a teacher. So if he tells you you're nagging your kids and cut it out, you can't dismiss it. you got to say, wait a second. I'm not nagging my kids. I'm not. And that's the power of having a teacher because that message gets through. Like this, the things that we don't like to hear, we just dismiss. But when you have a teacher and he's there, then he tells you you're doing something counterproductive, you're wasting your life. You're not taking a job, but that's etc. And if you can't dismiss him, then you got to sit. Well, on what basis is he saying that? And he's making a mistake. I'll straighten him out. Yeah? But you're going to move. You'll have to move. You'll have to get over some bad mistakes. And it doesn't matter when you decide he's making a mistake. You don't leave a teacher. And that's a powerful responsibility in living. The rabbis say that the greatest, the greatest wise man that ever lived, I don't know if you know who the greatest wise man that ever lived? Shlomo. Shlomo was the wisest man in the world. Yeah. That's our tradition. So the rabbis say that as long as his teacher was alive, Shimi ben Galen, as long as Shimi ben Galen was alive, he didn't make any mistakes. As soon as he died, he made three bad ones. What does that mean? As long as this Shimi ben Geira, who was his teacher, was alive, so he wanted to do something. He figured um, it's all right for me to have a lot of gold and silver. But he said, well, my, my Rebbe is going to come after me. How am I going to justify it? How, how, how will it uh, work out, right? Eh, all right, forget about it. But when Shimi ben Geira died, he's the wisest man in the world. And I know it'll be okay. Made a mistake. Yeah, that's the... The powerful discipline of having a teacher. Number 11 is that in our instructions for living, we say, have a teacher, 
Take a teacher even if he is less than you. You don't have to, you don't need a wise man for a teacher. Everybody should have a teacher. I know great men who have a teacher who are much less than them. Actually, I know of great men who are living today who have a teacher. And whenever they have a doubt, they go to the teacher. And whenever the teacher has heard something, that teacher who is less, much less than them in wisdom calls him up and he tells him, look, I hear you made a mistake in such and such, and the guy deals with his teacher. Of course he argues with him, he discusses with him, but he pays attention to him. So every human being should have a teacher. This is instructions for living. Make a teacher now. When you have a doubt whether or not you should do an assignment, write a slightest doubt. Or if this guy who's much less smart than you, yeah, he says, listen, David, you're not doing assignments, you're wasting your time. It's just utter laziness. You say, well, what are you talking about? I don't need no assignments. So, uh, all right, you're right. You get it? When you're nagging your wife and a friend comes in and he says, hey, look, buddy, that's no way to deal with a wife. You're going to suffer from it, right? You get it? If you've decided to relate to him as a teacher, responsibility, then you have to pay attention. If he says to you, you're... You're counterproductive with your children. You have to listen to him. You've accepted that responsibility. See, even though you're smarter than him. But inasmuch as we are prejudiced, we're subjective, we don't see our faults, even a guy who doesn't understand living as well as you can help you an awful lot and straighten you out when you're making mistakes. So wherever you are, Choose a fellow who's a sensible guy, who's a reasonable guy, and tell him, listen, if you see me doing anything wrong, please point it out. I'll promise I'll pay strict attention to you. And whenever you have a doubt, consult with him. Doesn't mean that you're blind, you know. You can straighten him out. You can teach him. When he thinks you're making a mistake, it's the right thing to do, yeah? But certainly you should try to get somebody who is uh, who's into wisdom. Number 12 of the how and the last is that the rabbis say, Shimush Chachamim, honor the wise man, serve him. So what does that mean? That means, you see, that you ask yourself, everybody should, should track down, who do you really honor? The successful man, the athlete, the star, the famous man, the president, the professor at the university, the uh, doctor, the surgeon, the, who do you honor? You want a baseball star, whatever, whatever it is you want. How would you treat this man if he came to visit you? We know how we'd react. Get up, serve him, we pay attention to him. How would you listen to his advice? This rich man, a multimillionaire, gives you advice as to how to how to deal with your with your wife. You know, it used to be that that our poor uh, our poor parents uh, they would listen to the physician because the physician was was a man of science, so. If they had a quarrel with their wives, they would go to the family doctor to get advice how to, how to deal with it. <laughs> family doctor is quarreling with his wife. He <laughs> doesn't, know, doesn't know much about wisdom. Yeah? Silly. They misplace their respect for science, for medicine, into living, into life value. But you get the respect that you have for the doctor, the lawyer, the successful man the famous man, the entertainer, whoever it is that, that would get you alert and anxious and eager to listen to his advice. Yeah? And transfer that to the wife. That's the idea of Shimush Chachonah.
If you're eager to hear his advice, you will learn lots of wisdom from the wise man. Okay, so now, uh, why do we need this? Why do we need Shemesh Racham? So we already discussed, you see, we already mentioned that anything that you really want to uh, learn, <laughs> you're going to get a teacher for it. And you have to be realistic about wisdom as you are realistic about living. If you're going to get anywhere with life, you have to search with it with enthusiasm. You have to desire wisdom, understanding. What is pleasure? How do you get it? How do you use your potential? How do you wake up? How do you know you know? If you're enthusiastic about anything else, you'd get a teacher. Stock market. You know, if you want to learn the stock market, you'd find out. Who knows the stock market? Same thing goes for living. If you want to live... You've got to be the same. The second thing, the reason that you need this, is that we already said, you see, that even even somebody less than you. Why? Because we're subjective. We can't see ourselves. <laughs> we can't see. We have to read from someone else. So we twist, we rationalize. While for our friends, we don't twist and rationalize. We'll tell them straight out that you're making a mistake. You're wasting your time. So we've got to get for ourselves that objectivity for living. The most prevalent cause for mistakes is prejudice, desire. A teacher is a way of getting an objective feedback, which has got to be listened to. Number three is that in general we say, my friends, that the worst disease of them all, what do you say is the worst disease of them all? The most painful, destructive, and contagious disease of them all is Ignorance, insanity. See? Ignorance is a less virulent form of insanity. Insanity is not being connected with reality, but with, with enthusiasm. Yeah? Ignorance is not being connected with reality without the enthusiasm. But human beings commit suicide not because they have leukemia or a dreadful cancer or... You know why they commit suicide? Ignorance. They destroy the ones they love. The ones they love, their own children. Not because they have a cancer, or they have smallpox, or <laughs> cholera. When they kill them literally, or figuratively. Yeah. Ignorance. It's ignorance that is the plague of mankind. Avoid it like the plague. Get a teacher. Stamp out ignorance. Now, what are we going to do about this? An assignment. They say always do something. You see, why don't you ask uh, three fellows over here how you should go about pursuing wisdom. Yeah. Yeah, get advice from three people. What do you say? What should I do? Should I study here a year, two years, or should I leave right away? If I want wisdom, you know, what, what do you say? Yeah. Get some, some advice. And then argue with them. Look at them as a teacher. Try. Ask him. Should I do assignments? David, were you going to ask three people to teach me? Should I do assignments? Or shouldn't I do assignments? Will you try? Sure. Okay, very good. And uh, a second assignment, I always like to give another assignment, because some people like one assignment, some people like the other, is what would you like to know about living? Make a list of ten things that you consider important. What do you need for marriage? How do you make a marriage work? Or how do you use your potential? Really use your potential. Or how do you break out of laziness, or how do you uh, get more joy in living? Ten questions that you really would like to know. And then go look for a teacher. 
You have been listening to Voices from Jerusalem. For a complete listing of our cassettes, see our web store at aish.com. For a free cassette catalog, email us at voices at aish.com or call toll-free in the U.S. 1-800-VOICES-3. Our main office is at 1 Western Wall Plaza, Jerusalem, Israel. Shalom from Jerusalem. Jerusalem.